0: Welcome back to the Glean Podcast. Hope you had a good Easter week and uh, got you plenty of food to eat, Easter eggs hid, or whatever you did. But uh, we're going to get back on uh, Revelations. This week we're on Revelations chapter 19 and uh, we're going to go ahead like we've been doing. We'll read through the chapter and then we're going to go back through uh, and look at the different verses and talk about what the different uh, parts of Revelations 19 is. So uh, if you d- want to, go ahead, because this is very interesting. Go ahead and hit that like button right quick. If you had not already, whether, uh, whether you like us or not, just do us a favor and hit it. <laughs> but uh, do that, share it, get it on your social media so we can get this word out, because in Revelation 19, we're beginning to see that we're, things are beginning to wrap up. We're on the wind down of the tribulation, and uh, we, we get a little bit more insight on what's going on in heaven uh, during the latter part of uh, the tribulation. But starting in Revelations chapter 19, verse 1, it says, After these things... I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments because he has judged the great harlot who has corrupted the earth with her fornication. And he he has avenged on her the blood of his servant shed by her. Again they said, Alleluia, her smoke rises forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God, who sat on the throne, saying, Amen, hallelujah." Then a voice came from the throne, saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, and those who fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude as the sound of many waters and as the sound of a mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said unto me, Write, Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, See that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren, you have, who have the testimony of Jesus." Worship God for the testimony of Jesus in the spirit of prophecy. Now I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except him. He was clothed with a robe Dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, and with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the wide press of the fierceness and wrath of the Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather together for the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses, and those who sit, On them and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshiped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And the rest were killed with the sword which proceeds from the mouth of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. Now, you see that we're, we're looking at the first part of chapter 19. We're looking at uh, what's going on in heaven. And then in the latter part, it's going on to talk about uh, what will be going on down here at the earth. And, um, you know, it, it's, it, it's pretty gruesome, it's, and it's yeah. going to be severe, but these are the things that has to be in order for uh, Jesus to establish his kingdom. And, you know, when you start with verse 1, the first few verses there, and it, it talks several times about he, you hear a multitude in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord. Then it talks about it a few more times, but you see that in heaven, this is going to be a time of, of, of celebration, a time of praise. Uh, we're going to be in heaven seeing the glory of God for the first time, seeing, uh, you know, the patriarchs of old, uh, we'll see our loved ones that's gone on before us. And, you know, I, I think too about, you know, uh, like the people in India, the, all the places, anywhere that you have financially give yeah. so that the gospel can be preached. If you give into a ministry and then that ministry brings souls into the kingdom, you're going to have people that you've never met before coming up to you in heaven going, thank you for giving. And you're going to be like, well, what I do? Mm. And that will you give to such and such ministry? And because of that, I got saved. Yeah. So you see, it's awesome how God works the system that he's created. We can't all go into all parts of the world and preach the gospel, but we can all give. Mm -hmm. And if we can give to those that's willing to go out and can go out and are called to go out, those lives that they touch, we also get credit for. Yeah. So there's there's going to be a great celebration in heaven going on. And when you just look at just the first five verses there, uh, You know, it's going to be a great time of celebration. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, because, uh, you know, the saints of all ages, Old Mm -hmm. Testament saints that, you know, they believe, well, I don't think they referred to them as saints in the Old Testament. But, you know, they they believed that uh, the Messiah would come Mm -hmm. and would save them from their sins and set up a kingdom here on earth and rule and reign over them. And all of them who died, we know from studying the word of God, uh, you know, that uh when the Old Testament believers uh died, that was before Christ right. went to the cross, uh, they went down mm-hmm. uh into a place called Abraham's bosom. Right. You know. And uh also, in reading, uh, I believe it was in uh, Luke's Gospel, the fifteenth or sixteenth chapter, there, where it talked about uh, the rich man and Lazarus.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and uh, it talked about uh, you know uh, Lazarus was set daily at his gate, mm-hmm. and he would beg, you know, for food and everything. Uh, and it said, you know, that uh, he died. Mm -hmm. And it said the angels bore his soul away into the bosom of Abraham. Mm -hmm. Well, then it said by and by, uh, the rich man also died. But it didn't mention nothing about no Mm angel boring his soul away. Uh, It just simply said he lifted up his eyes in hell and he was in torment, flames of torment. But he could see when he looked up there was a great gulf across there and he he could see Lazarus in Abraham's bosom being comforted. Mm-hmm. But yet he was in torment and he cried out, you know, Father Abraham, let Lazarus come and just dip his finger in water and cool my tongue, you know, mm-hmm. for I'm in these flames of mm-hmm. torment. Now, a lot of uh, people, you know, try to say that, well, that, that wasn't a true story. That was just a parable, you know. Mm-hmm. But you'll, you'll notice in studying the Bible that uh, in a parable, he never mentions names. Names, yeah. But in this, this was a true story because yeah. he mentioned the name. Mm-hmm. He didn't mention the rich man's name, right? Uh, you know, because I, I, I don't think he, uh, you know, wanted that rich man's family to say, well, old Sam went to hell, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. or whatever his name might have been, you know. But he mentioned uh, Lazarus's name, uh, you know, because he, you know, was uh, uh, set at the gate there. Uh, and uh, so when Jesus, you know, after he went to the cross, Uh, Well, before I get to that, you know, there was, as I said, a great gulf between the torment side Mm -hmm. and the paradise side, you know, Abraham's bosom, but they they couldn't cross from one place to another. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Father Abraham told the rich man, you know, said, there's a great gulf fixed between us and we can't pass from there. Here to over there, and you can't pass from over there to here. Right. He said, "Well, at least let Lazarus go back and mourn my brothers, five brothers, mm-hmm. lest they come to this awful place." Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, uh, he said, uh, "Father Abraham said, you know, they've have the prophets, mm-hmm. and you know, the apostles had preached the gospel, you know, and." Uh, he said, if, if they won't hear them, mm-hmm. they wouldn't believe though one rose from the dead. Yeah. You know, some a lot of people uh, base what they believe on the Bible on what they have seen. Mm-hmm. And that's where they come up with all these crazy yeah. ideas, you know. Well, I know so-and-so, uh, they was a good a person that's ever lived. And if they can't get in heaven, then they ain't nobody going to. Mm-hmm. Well, you you can't judge by that. Mm-mm. The only means of salvation, and I know mm-hmm. this may, uh, you know, make a lot of uh, people uh, angry or upset because I remember years ago there was a man in a, an establishment where I was, and somehow or another, I don't know that any of the three men that were sitting there, in a booth talking, was talking about the Lord, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> and why I don't know, because they wasn't, none of them saved, I don't believe. Of course, I can't judge that, but yeah, uh, knowing the way they lived, you know, but this one man spoke up and said, well, he just didn't believe that uh, such a loving God would send somebody to hell, you know, because... Uh, he said he had give money to help build a church, mm-hmm. and he had donated lumber and all this, you know, to for them to build that church. And he said, "I, I don't believe that a loving God would send me to hell." Well, the owner of the uh, place, the restaurant, mm-hmm. uh, man, he heard it, but he had been born again, mm-hmm. and he come over there and jumped right in the middle of 'em and told 'em, he said said, I don't care how much money you give or how much lumber you've donated. Mm-hmm. If you ain't been born again, you're not going to go to heaven. Yeah, And, uh, of course, it kind of upset that fellow, you know. And uh, But, you know, he was telling them the truth. Mm-hmm. You, Jesus said, you know, to Nicodemus in the third chapter of John, mm-hmm. you must mm-hmm. be born again. Well, Nicodemus was thinking on natural terms, and he said, well, can a man, when he's old, enter the second time mm-hmm. into his mother's womb and be born again? And uh, Jesus said, that which is born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of mm-hmm. the Spirit is spirit. And so, uh, you you know, in Acts uh, chapter 4, verse 12, he said, there's no other name given under heaven whereby men must be saved. You, mm-hmm. you you have to be born again. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in Romans 10, uh, verse 8, 9, and 10, it said, But what saith it? Yeah. The word is nigh thee, even in thy heart and in thy mouth. And then in verse 9, he said, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thine heart God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved mm-hmm. for with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with his mouth confession is made unto salvation. Yeah. So Paul, uh, you know, basically was saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, he just, uh, brought it across a, a little differently. And, uh, but he was saying, you know, you, you must believe in your heart, uh, that God raised Jesus from the dead. Yeah, you know, and he said, if you believe that in your heart and you confess him with your mouth, you'll be saved. Yeah, no works, no good deeds you do. Although we ought to do good works, uh, and uh, we ought to do good things, you know, and uh, you know, but that that's all well and good. But works is not what gets us into heaven. Right, you know, and uh, people will say. Well, God knows my heart. Mm, yeah. But you know, to the letters in the first or the second and third chapters of Revelation mm-hmm. is the letters to the seven churches in Asia Minor that existed in that day, and He didn't say a thing about. Well, I know your heart. Yeah. He said I, when He addressed every single church, He said, "I know your works. Yeah. I know what you've been doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know." And so He knows. Whether we have, uh, you know, accepted Christ, uh, you know, as our Savior, or if we just, uh, you know, going to church and making everybody think because we put some money in the church offering or we help do some deed, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that that good works is going to get us in there. Well, it might get you favor with men, but it don't get no favor with God. Right. You see, you must be born again, mm-hmm. and so. People need to realize that there's only one way into the kingdom of God, and that's through the Lord Jesus Christ,
0: mm. and that's the only way. Yeah, and you notice that's that's why you know it's so important. I know some people can talk about well, how how do you come up and talk about salvation in the middle of of, of revelations? Well, mm. that's how you get to the. First, To enjoy and walk in the first part of chapter 19, Mm -hmm. you have to be saved. Yeah, You have to be saved. And, you know, going back to that where a lot of people have said it, you know, because I know you've heard it, I've heard it, Josh has heard it, (laughs) probably many of you watch it online, people say, well, God knows my heart. Well, if you stop and think about that for a minute, every work that you do is a product of what's in your heart. If if you you're saved, you don't do the things you used to do. You know what I'm saying? You you don't do those bad things, and you mm-hmm. try. Yeah, you may slip sometimes and mistreat somebody, but then you want to go back. A lot of times, when God changes your heart, the works that you're doing changes. You, you're not the same person anymore. Mm-hmm. So, works are important, but if your heart's not changed, yeah, that's the part that gets you into heaven. It's it's the heart change, and then. God looks at the the work, because I've seen people that's saved and still mean. Mean as a rattlesnake, (laughs) you know. Mm -hmm. Well, God's still working on them. It's like he is all. But I've seen, you know, people that are not saved, that live for the world, would give you the shirt off their back. And it's a shame that they would never accept Jesus, because when you look at their works, they're deserving of heaven. They they've not done anybody wrong, but it's not about doing the right and wrong to people that get you into heaven. It's it's the it's your heart condition. Yeah. You know. And and that's what you see where well in verse five, I believe when he says, Then a the, a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants and those who fear him, both small and and great. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we look at great people and think, "Oh man, that boy." They they no. Mm-hmm. It, it when you get to heaven, that levels that playing field out. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not about the the small and the great. It's about yeah. it's about the heart. Yeah. So that's the thing where that's the importance is being saved. You have to have Jesus on the inside of your heart. There's only one way. Yeah. There's not multiple ways to heaven, there's one yeah and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you accept him, then you're going to be that great multitude in heaven that's saying hallelujah salvation and glory and honor and power belong. you'll be part of that that great multitude yeah you know. Um, another thing I was looking at right there in verse uh, well verse two. You know, it says for true and righteous are his judgments because he has judged the great harlot. The harlot, you know, it, it's been talked about in several different chapters in Revelation. Mm-hmm. And what you begin to see here is the harlot, which is, is the, uh, the Antichrist, the false prophet, they get cast into the, the lake of fire, but Satan hadn't yet. Mm-hmm. You see, Satan could care less. It don't phase him a bit that they got cast into the, the lake of fire. No. He used them until he didn't need them anymore. That's why they refer to her as a as the Antichrist and, and the false prophet as a harlot because that's what a harlot is. They they're used and then discarded with when people are men are done with them. So that's why it refers to that. Even Satan himself, it doesn't phase him one bit that they're thrown into the lake of fire yeah at
1: one and uh, we probably see that you know that uh the great harlot or the great whore, as it uh, listed in mm-hmm. there, is representative of a false religion yeah. you know and uh you know of course they they want to go to not only uh you know a one world leader mm-hmm. a one yeah. world government a one world currency yeah a one-world religion. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think maybe a couple of weeks ago we mentioned the fact a lot of people have tried to say that uh, they believe it'll be the Pope, he'll be Mm -hmm. the Antichrist, and the Catholic Church will be the harlot church. But no. No. uh, Because uh, I I believe that uh, it would fit more under the category of the World Council of Churches Mm -hmm that's uh, headquartered in Geneva Switzerland yeah and they're they're even now at this present time trying to work to get all religions to mm-hmm. come together yeah you know to be tolerant of each other mm-hmm. you know and uh, but uh, you know uh, that is the thing they these these different religions and of course uh, they're wicked mm-hmm Uh, you know, these false religions are wicked. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's why, you know, they have uh, destroyed many Christian believers. Mm -hmm. You know, actually, they're the ones that are responsible for the martyrs that we read about. I believe in Revelations chapter 6, it talks about the martyrs, and they cried out, you know, how long, Lord, do you wait before you avenge us? Uh, of the, you know, the blood that they shed by mar- us becoming martyrs, and they said, "You be patient." Yeah. And there's to the others that should be martyrs or become martyrs. Then he said, "Then I will avenge you." Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but you know, Satan don't even like them. Right. You know, it it don't. Yeah. It's like you said, he will use them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know because he, he hates humanity yep. because we were created in God's image and likeness, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, he hates humanity. He, like you said, he, he don't care if mm-hmm. you get saved anyway. If, he, if you don't do nothing for God, yeah. uh, you're not, a, you're not yeah. a problem for him. He don't <laughs> Yeah. and he'll put sickness and disease on you and kill you and everything else. And uh, you know, people bless their hearts try to think that well, God allowed me to be sick or have this cancer or have that disease to try to teach me something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I it just makes me just beyond. It makes me plumb mad. Oh yeah. yeah, you know when they talk like that, mm-hmm. and I I try to understand. I understand. It's, it's not because I hate them, mm-hmm. but I hate them accusing God mm-hmm. of putting sickness and disease on people. Yeah. They'll try to teach them something. Yeah. God does not have to use the devil's tactics to teach right. you what he wants you to know. Yeah, uh, Or, you know, to uh, the, the scripture, te- how does God chastise us in Hebrews 12? It talks about, you know, uh, that we're not to despise the chastening of the mm-hmm. Lord. God deals with us as sons, mm-hmm. you know. Well, how does God deal with us? When we, as a child of God, we do something wrong, how does he discipline us? How does he deal with us? With his word. Mm-hmm. He's he not trying to kill us, uh, you know. He's not trying to give us some kind of disease to de- destroy our physical bodies. I mean, and when we're dead, what good are we then? You know, yeah. we cannot be His witnesses if we are dead.
0: You yeah, know? exactly.
1: And uh, but uh, you know, it's because simply, and and I think we have, uh, you know, pushed this thought before. Uh, you know, Satan hates humanity mm-hmm. because we are created in the image and likeness of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, God is a spirit being. Mm-hmm. Well, then that makes us a spirit being. Mm-hmm. We live in a body and we have a soul, mm-hmm. you see. And so that's how we're in his likeness, yeah. you know. And uh, so whether, like you said, whether we're small or great or somewhere in between, yeah. you know, we're all created in the image and likeness of God. And as Jesus said in the third chapter of John, you know, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8, 9, and 10, uh, it says, For by grace are we saved through faith. Mm-hmm. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Yeah. But then, right then, right again, on in verse 10 of the second chapter of Ephesians, he said, for we're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, mm-hmm. which God hath before ordained before the foundation of the world. Right. So, yes, when we get born again, we ought to do good works because of the inward work of Christ in our heart. Mm-hmm. You know. uh, but it's not the... We might get a reward if we have the right motive and the right desires when we do something for God. Yeah. We, you know, and I don't know if we'll get into that part of receiving rewards or not tonight, but, uh, you know, God will reward us. And we, the Romans 14, verse 10, I believe it is, said that all, not all, not every human being, but all believers, will appear at the judgment seat of Christ. We'll have to stand before him uh, and give an account of ourselves, of what we've done, you know, with the salvation that he's given us. Yeah. And uh, so, our, you know, of course, our works will be tried as by fire, and if they don't burn up, then we get a reward. Yeah. But if they burn up, we lose reward, but we don't lose our salvation. Praise yeah. God.
0: Yeah, yes, it even kind of it goes into that a little bit where you're talking about our good works or our righteous acts, you yeah. know, in verse eight because it yeah. says, uh, "And to her, it was granted talking about the at the marriage supper of the lamb, which yeah. would be the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts yeah. of the saints. Yeah, so it's it's what we're doing now. on this earth, winning the lost, healing the sick, casting out demons, you know, helping people with breakthroughs and things like that and overcoming that is those righteous acts. We're being Jesus on the earth. You know, we're, we're his, uh, uh, what you will call it ambassadors, Ambassadors. ambassadors, you know, um, just like You know, we have the United States has an ambassador representative Mm -hmm. of the United States in other countries Mm -hmm. and other countries have ambassadors here. But Jesus is in heaven seated at the right hand of the father. But we're the dignitaries. We're the ambassadors. Yeah. You know, some of y'all watching, you may feel like you, you are nobody, but you love Jesus. Well, you're a dignitary. Yeah. You pick your head up and square your shoulders back. You are a dignitary. You're an ambassador for Jesus Christ because he's in heaven and we're here to do his works and those works are what are, going to give us our, our rope. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I thought that was good, you know? And then verse 10, verse 10, I, I really, I had never looked at this this way before, but I begin. I was studying it, mm-hmm. but after, well, I'll read verse nine. It says, then he said to me, right, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the lamb. And he said unto me, these are the true sayings of God. And it sa- then it said, and I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said unto me, see that you do not do that. What I believe there is John is showing an example of how even if you're not careful in the church, if the end result is not to glorify the name of Jesus, yeah. then it's false. Yeah. It would be, I, people don't understand that there's people think that they're doing good works for God, or but they get wrapped up in what they're doing mm-hmm. and they take the emphasis off of Jesus and they put it on the work that they're doing. Yeah. And now they put that work, it's become an idol. Yeah. They, uh, in other words,
1: uh, they uh, have have to have a pure motive. Mm-hmm. In other words, when you do something in service to the Lord, mm-hmm. your mo— you can't have an ulterior motive, right? And think, well, you know, if I do this for them, boy, they—that's going to help me get over here, right? If you got a wrong motive, then mm-hmm. you ain't going to get no reward. Yeah, our everything we do for God must be an act of love, mm-hmm. not because we're going to be noticed for it or mm-hmm. we're going to be praised for it or lifted up for it mm-hmm. or get some kind of gain or advantage because yeah. we did a certain thing. Or uh, I know there's been people that give money,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, a big amount of money to a ministry and think, well, if I give them so much, that's going they gonna no recognize mm-hmm. me and that's gonna get no that's you just was to keep that money in your pocket yeah because it's a wrong motive yeah every single thing we do to serve God to work for Him
2: mm-hmm.
1: is ought to be out of a motive of love mm-hmm. because we love God so much we are willing to do anything for Him yeah whether we get any gain out of it in this life yeah. don't make it don't make a lick of
0: difference well yeah. you know even we and we've been teaching on this some on sunday nights but and i may butcher this and you you probably can <laughs> fix it but I, I believe it's in john but where it's talking about casting out demons and mm-hmm. healing the sick and I, sure. but it says to not basically it says to not glory yeah in the 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 fact that you have glory in christ jesus yeah in other words
1: he he the said the finished work yeah he said there you know they came he sent them out by twos yeah. you know and uh when they came back they were boy yeah. they were elated <laughs> yeah said master even the devils are subject yeah. to, through thy name yeah and he said well don't rejoice over that but yeah. rather rejoice that your name mm-hmm. is written in the land's yeah. book of life yeah so our motives for what we do, and maybe we're overstating all this, but but I think it's important to, that people understand we what we do, uh, you know, in serving God. We do not do to get recognition from men or the praises of men. We do it because out of a heart of love for God and what He did for us. We
0: want to serve
1: Him, right, and that has to be a pure motive.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then you'll notice well, the other thing I was looking at in the latter part of verse ten is it, you know, he said, "I'm your fellow servant yeah. and of your brethren." So he's saying that look, we're 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 all servants of of God. Yeah
1: in other words, this was not an angel. Yeah, this, this was a, one, of, maybe one of the old prophets.
0: Yeah, may have been or an something. old prophet or yeah, yeah. No. And but then he, when he went on and he said, "Who has the testimony of Jesus? For those who have it, worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, prophecy. which is the same as saying." the spirit of truth that it talks about in John sixteen thirteen. Mm-hmm. It's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, and we have to realize that yes, God is seated on the throne. Jesus is seated at his right hand. This word is Jesus. Yeah. But it was pinned down through the will or the, 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 the unction of the Holy Spirit on men yeah. to write down and pin down what Jesus was speaking. Yeah. Well I'm sure.
1: Have you ever noticed that when somebody gives their testimony and telling what Jesus has done for them, mm-hmm. how they get, how their speech changes? I mean, it's like mm-hmm. it has power behind yeah. it. It has authority. Mm-hmm. It, it's an element of prophecy comes on them. Right. Yeah. They're prophesying the name of Jesus. And yeah. How they was born again and all. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, that's somebody has asked me, you know i they don't know I don't know how many hundreds of times through the year I've told when I got born again, mm-hmm. you know and and even the congregation got to where they'd say it along with me because they knew it by heart i'd and somebody asked me one time said why 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 do you say that? Why do you tell that so much? Because the more I tell it, the mm-hmm. more I share about how Jesus saved me and forgave me of my sins, delivered me from alcohol, and then later filled me with the Holy Spirit. And not uh, uh, that was on a Saturday night. And then on Monday, the yeah. following Monday, I heard the audible voice of God calling me to preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I share these things, I, I know people say, well, you've told that a hundred times. Well, I'm, I may tell it a hundred more times before yeah. Jesus comes, because the more I tell it, mm-hmm. the stronger it gets on the inside of me. Mm-hmm. And there's an element of prophecy in that. Yeah. And prophecy is to edify, to exhort, and to comfort.
0: Yeah. And, you know, when I was looking over chapter 19 today, just studying, and, and you may have the same. I didn't realize. I mean, I didn't. We didn't plan this, mm-hmm. but just talking about the first half here of chapter nineteen, by reading what we're look at the importance of salvation mm-hmm. and works. Yeah, they go together. Sure, the works are the lesser of the important. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's the salvation, but you know, it's it's the salvation and works. It's and it the prophecy. I think it was Hilton Sutton that said, when you give your testimony, you are prophesying to someone else what God can and will do for them Mm -hmm. if they'll accept Jesus. Yeah. So you see, even in Revelations, here we wind up salvation and work. Salvation is the the key. And um, that's what's going on in heaven. We've had the marriage Mm -hmm. and the marriage supper of the Lamb. You know, and some people are controversial on that, saying, "Well, it's not really eating food; it's going to be uh, it's the everybody joining together." But you know, I believe I believe he's got it. He said, "There's a table prepared for us." Mm-hmm. I believe that we're going to have a feast. They eat mm-hmm. food in heaven, mm-hmm. so why would we not eat food in heaven? Yeah. And I believe it's going to be some of the best stuff we've ever eaten in our life. Yeah, you know, so all this is going on, and then all of a sudden. You go to verse 11, and and John said, Now, I saw heaven opened. hmm So that lets you know that he's back on the earth in a vision or where, and looking back, and he said, I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on it was called faithful and true. In his righteousness, he judges and makes war. Now, in the beginning of Revelations, we heard about a white horse. Mm-hmm. But on that white horse, he had a bow with no arrows. Mm-hmm. So we know that that wasn't Jesus. Some people no. want to say that that was Jesus. No. But this is Jesus on this white horse, and it says, it describes him and says that his eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no one knew except himself, his clothes Uh, He was clothed with a robe dipped into blood, and his name is called the Word of God. So we notice here now Jesus has mounted up, and he's ready to go make war Mm -hmm. with Satan and those armies. So here we are dipped in blood. Name had the marriage separated. His name is called, Rejoice in heaven. The word, and now Jesus is, is mounting mm-hmm. up. What and did we John's get to the of? In you the, go the raid there we was, was we the get one no white horse. <laughs> was God I, I the but the was was one preacher going to live live for and for to say, hey. And the, the word, word was made own for, say, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I yeah, will yeah, be with, with anyone. Yeah. So here yeah. in the yeah. again, I ask like like this to let it find life for Jesus is the word of God.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of, uh, uh, well, actually you could compare uh, in Matthew 24, 15 through 30, mm-hmm. or 31, uh, and that matches. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people think that when the disciples, you know, asked Jesus about his coming and of uh, the end of the age, mm-hmm. uh, well, one of the first things Jesus answered in response to them, and you have to realize they were thinking about the kingdom of David and in the Psalms, it said, you know, that God would uh, raise up mm-hmm. a kingdom and uh, they would always be a king to sit on the throne of David, you know? Right. And actually there's a scripture that talks about in the millennium that David will be, you know, of course he'd be raised up in the ra- a rapture mm-hmm. uh, and he'll sit upon his throne under Christ, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he would rule over the nation of Israel in that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when Jesus answered them, he was answering from a Jewish perspective. Right. This is not talking about the rapture of the church. Mm-hmm. This is talking about when he comes to the earth mm-hmm. to establish his kingdom. And uh, you you can t- know that that's what he's talking about because Uh, We know that Jesus is not coming to the earth to establish his kingdom till the end of the tribulation. Right, And uh, the beginning at verse 15, it's talking about the last half, the last Mm -hmm. three and a half years, because it talked about when you see the abomination of desolation, which is the Antichrist, spoken by the prophet Daniel, or Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. And so he's talking about that's when Satan, mm-hmm. you know, uh, has the king, the ten kings yeah. that are under him, the ten nations. They uh, he had put it in their heart. God does mm-hmm. to destroy the harlot mm-hmm. that we just read about yeah. in chapter eighteen, mm-hmm. because uh, she is responsible yeah. for the death of so many, mm-hmm. you know, and it's always, in you study the Bible, it's always been the religious people, yeah, not true people, not yeah. true Cre- yeah. believers, yeah. but it's always been the religious crowd that wants to kill, mm-hmm. to stop, you know, the message of the gospel and, uh, you know, to destroy, uh, life. So, uh, we, we know that uh, he's talking here about, uh, you know, the time when he comes to establish his kingdom. Well, we'll already have been in heaven mm-hmm. for uh, yeah. that time, it's almost seven, seven years, years yeah. you know. Uh, and that's, you read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, and that tells how that began, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, another thing is that we understand when we study the scriptures, there is, I I know there was a preacher came from uh, Virginia years ago, preached uh, in our church, and he preached uh, in a tent over in Albemarle, uh, you know, a son, and uh, he was saying there was only one coming of the Lord. He said, if you teach more than one coming, people get confused and they won't know what what. (laughs) Well, I think he was already confused. Confused, yeah. Because when you study the Apostle Paul's teaching, 1 Corinthians 15, you know, he said he was talking to them there and uh, the Sadducees, and they were baptized for the dead. Mm-hmm. But yet they didn't believe in a resurrection. right? And Paul was saying, well, if you don't believe there's a resurrection of the dead, what are you wasting your time being baptized for? Them? He said, if there is no resurrection, then, or you could say if there's no rapture, if right. there's, there's no resurrection of the dead, then is our faith in vain? Our preaching is mm-hmm. in vain and we're still in, dead in our trespasses and sins. And he said, We're of all men most miserable. Mm -hmm. But he said in verse 20, But now is Christ risen from the dead and become, now this is important, and become the first fruits of them that slept. Mm -hmm. In other words, they were people raised from the dead in the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. but they died again. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. But Christ was the first resurrected man to immortality of life, never to taste death again. Yeah. And then also in Matthew chapter 27, it says that after his resurrection, many of the saints that slept, it don't say how many, but said many of the saints that slept rose up as well and walked the streets of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And then he said, and and then everyone in his own order. Mm Mm-hmm. So you see, there's an order. It's an order mm-hmm. to it. And it goes all the way, and we get over in the 20th chapter, maybe next week. Yeah. And, and we'll see that uh, that's the end mm-hmm. of the first resurrection mm-hmm. at the end of the thousand year reign of Christ. Yep. Yep. So, and that's the first time, you know, Jesus talked about a resurrection. There's two resurrections one is a resurrection under life one is a resurrection unto damnation or mm-hmm. death and but he didn't tell them in Matthew that the or John's gospel I believe it is that uh, there was a thousand years that separate the two resurrection mm-hmm. but it does in the 20th chapter yeah. of Revelation and for the first time we realize there's a thousand years between the resurrection of the righteous mm-hmm. and the resurrection of the damned yeah yes it
0: yeah and, and I thank just, God
1: we won't be in that. Yeah, I'm going right to be there. in the first
0: one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just was reading back over this, and I didn't get this earlier today. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will preach, too. I got to be careful. <laughs> but verses 17 and 18, it says, Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather together for the supper of the great God that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses, and of those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. This angel was declaring victory before the battle had ever been won. How many of us would see a different result (laughs) in our situations and in our lives if we would start declaring victory before yeah. the battle was ever fought. Yeah. And you see, we're taught that all through the Bible, and we are even saying if, if it's good enough for the angels to do, then we might as well do it. Yeah. yeah. You know, quit quit looking yeah. at the army that you're facing, that, that's the situation. Quit looking at the the tremendous hurdle that you've got to get over and, it, and start declaring victory. What is victory? It's the word of God. Mm-hmm. Declare that victory over your life before the battles are ever even started. Because, And you say, well, how is my victory the word of God? Because if you go on and read, Jesus, he don't ever dismount his horse to fight that battle.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We don't get off. All, all Jesus does is he speaks a word. Mm-hmm. What is his word? It says in the Bible that his word is sharper than any two edged sword. Mm-hmm. Cuts both ways. Yeah. Cuts flesh, all feeling each other to see what's around them. But as they're feeling each other, their actual flesh begins to deteriorate and fall off, the fall off the bone to the point that the blood in their bodies would just burst open onto the ground. Yeah. You know, uh, that, that, again, that shows the power of the spoken word of God. Yeah. That big of an army, and all Jesus does is speaks a word. And within, yeah. I think they said, the span of about an hour, yeah, that whole army will be done. To, be destroyed. And, yeah. yeah, I believe it was Hilton Sutton said it's about 200 mile, square miles that area will be, you know, bridal depth, height, and blood. Yeah. Because there'll be so much bloodshed that the ground can't absorb it. Mm-hmm. all because of a spoken word. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens if we begin to speak that kind of word to situations in our life where the enemy's attacking us? Yeah, It's the same effect. Yeah, God, Jesus said that He all power had been given him, and then he give us, delegated the power to us. So Jesus can't speak a word and it worked for him and it not us because he said he'd give it to us. So we... Should be able to speak those words in our situations in our life, the battles that we're facing, where the enemy's attacking, and those results happen. Now I'm not don't 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 go speak to somebody you don't like and expect their eyes to suck out of their head <laughs> and their tongue. <laughs> you know it's not that way, no. but it's the same principle mm-hmm. that we should. That word is so powerful that when Jesus speaks it, millions of of men, horses, and I, are going to die like that. Mm-hmm. Well, if we looking at an insurmountable situation in our life, speak that word and expect those kind of results.
3: Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. It's uh you know, it's a, a thing of believing the word of God. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've, I've said on probably just about everything that I've ever taught or preached out of the word of God over the last fifty years, I have settled it. Mm-hmm. In other words, I can't preach something I'm not sure of. Right. I had to settle it mm-hmm. in my heart. You know. Yeah, I've had doubts that bombard my mind, mm-hmm. but in my heart, in your heart, I knew it was the truth. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, made a. I say I made a deal with God. You know, yeah. <laughs> actually, I told the Lord, you know, if you'll show me the truth. Yeah. And I believe he wants us to know the mm-hmm. truth. Uh, matter of fact, in the John chapter, uh, what is it, chapter 12? Uh, no, chapter 16, verse uh, 12, mm-hmm. and then verse 13. He said, I have many things to say unto you. Mm-hmm. But you're not able to bear it now. Right. He didn't say what never gonna tell us. Right. He just said, You're not able to bear it now. Mm-hmm. But then in verse 13, he said, But when he, the Spirit of truth, is come mm-hmm. who is that? That's the Holy Spirit.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When he, the Spirit of truth, is come, mm-hmm. he will guide you into all truth.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He will not speak of himself, mm-hmm. but he'll take of that which is mine. And we'll show Show it it, unto you. Mm -hmm. And so it's wise whenever you approach the word of God to say, Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. I'm going to study God's holy word and whatever you reveal to me as truth, Mm -hmm. I will preach it, whether it's popular, unpopular or whatever, you know, and, uh, you know, when I've uh, preached some things, you know, uh, that the Word of God teaches and it'll upset people, Mm -hmm. you know, if they've been taught a different way, Mm -hmm. you know, from the Word of God. And they'll say, well, my pastor so-and-so, he said this. Well, I've always encouraged our people, Mm -hmm. you know, when I was pastoring, uh, I I would say, you don't take this just because I said it. Now, I'm going to do my level best to tell you the truth as I know it. Mm-hmm. But don't take it just because I say it. Yeah, it's good to have confidence in a in your pastor. Yeah, you know, but don't take it just because he says it. Yeah, you search the scriptures for yourself, mm-hmm. and when you find it in your Bible, then you stuck with it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but I've had to settle it, mm-hmm. and then when I settled it in my heart, this is the truth of God's word. That's what I stuck with, irregardless of what. They'd say, well, prophet so-and-so said or, uh, you know, professor so-and-so said. Well, mm-hmm. I can't help what they said. Yeah. It's thus saith the Lord. Yeah. Wh- what does God's word say? Yeah. And the Bible teaches us that if what a man is saying is doesn't line up with God's word, let that man be a liar and let God's word be true, mm-hmm. you see. Yeah. So we, whatever we believe and whatever we do, we have to base it on the word of God. That's the only thing we have to go mm-hmm. by.
0: Yeah, that's right. You know? Yeah, and that's, you know, the word of God is given to us so that we'll be on the right side of the battle. Right. <laughs> we're mm-hmm. we're going to be on the white horse following in behind Jesus, you know, and, and it said, you know, here in verse 20, it says that after he spoke the word, it says, then the beast was captured and with mm-hmm. him. A false prophet who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those mm. who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire. I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know which is worse: to die from a a flesh eating disease that hits you that quick, or just to be cast alive into the lake of fire. Ain't neither one of them good. Neither one of them good. <laughs> and you know, and then it said that the rest were killed with the sword, which is the word of God Mm -hmm. that proceeds out of the mouth of God of her, he who sat on the horse. And it said, all the birds were filled with the flesh. But notice these birds are not birds around here. These birds were made for a specific reason and sent from heaven to do the cleanup after the battle's over.
3: Yeah. Uh,
1: and I guess our time's about gone, but, uh, Notice there, as you was reading verse 20, and it talked about, you know, the he, the beast was taken, which mm-hmm. is the Antichrist, and the false prophet uh, that wrought miracles. In other words, they were fake miracles. They weren't mm-hmm. true miracles. Yeah. Uh, before him, which he deceived them. You notice that's the same thing mm-hmm. in Matthew 24. Yep. When they said, what will be the sign of your coming yep. and of the end of the age? And the first thing Jesus said in response to them, yep. let no man deceive, deceive. you, yep. you see. And uh, there's a lot of people will not teach the truth mm-hmm. because they're either afraid of people, or of man, or they're afraid, well, if I teach this and, or if I teach that, and I speak out, you know, uh, I'll lose some people. Mm-hmm. I'll lose money, you know. the t- The money won't come in. What am I going to? No, if you preach the word, yeah. Paul told t- young Timothy. Mm-hmm. He said, "Preach the word." He didn't say, "Preach out of the Reader's Digest" or <laughs> yeah. some other thing. <laughs> Or what your opinion is, he mm-hmm. said, "Preach the word. Yeah. Be instant in season in, in the, and out." Yeah. So, I'm telling you, sometimes it's obvious. It's, it's out. out. You know, yeah. uh, it hurts. I, I've had to preach things that hurt me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but it hurt good. Yeah. Because it helped me to straighten up areas of my life mm-hmm. that uh, I needed to get right. You yeah. Know? And uh, so. You, 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 I'm telling you, you just have to stay with this book, the Bible, the mm-hmm. word of
0: God. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And that's, I had somebody told me one time, they said, you? after a service, they said, boy, you stepping on my toes this morning. Mm-hmm. And I said, it wasn't me. It was the Holy ghost. Cause I said, he stepped on mine before he stepped on yours. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of yeah. times they, people think that we're, you know, we, we've got some special get out of jail free card or something, but Mm -hmm. we have to walk this thing out just like anybody else. And when you as a a minister seek God for what to share to people, most of the time it's going to, if it's going to bring correction to anybody out there, it'll first bring correction to us because Mm -hmm. we're, we're the ones getting what God's fixing to deliver to the people. Yeah. You know, so uh, I always, I'm kind of like John Bevere, you know, I, I, you know, somebody was telling about how great a book he wrote, and he said, well, I'm not the one that wrote it. i just the first one to get to read it. You know, it's kind of, when I preach, yeah. I, I'm not the one that, that come up with that. I'm just the first one to get to hear it, yeah. you know. But the Word of God will never lead you astray. It'll never cause you uh, harm as mm-hmm. far as it leading you off into a path like that. Sure, there'll be persecution, but in the end, mm-hmm we win and we fixing to get into that next week, guys, we're going to be chapter 20. That's Satan is bound for a thousand years. And then we get the thousand year millennial reign of Christ. We will get to rule and reign with our Lord and savior here on the earth. Yeah. For 1000 years. You say, man, that's a long time. You see, we ain't even started living yet. Yeah. We hadn't even got started. So if you're saved, it's something to look forward to. Yeah. If you're not saved, you need to get saved so you have this to look forward to. Because yeah. other than that, it's not gonna it's not gonna be a, a fun time to be up. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: know, people would say, Well, everybody's always said, Well, don't don't bother about revelation. It's such a scary mm-hmm. book. Yeah. Well it's not if you're saved Mm-mm. and the it. reason you know I've heard people make this statement and it's foolish in a sense. they'll say well what you don't know won't hurt you. So mm-hmm. they leave the book of Revelation alone. Mm-hmm. but it's what we don't know that Satan uses to kill us to kill us yeah. you know so it does matter mm-hmm. you know and uh, the reason somebody say well what why is revelation so important? Because it's our future. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's why we need to know it. Yep. And uh, you say, well, do you understand everything in there? Mm-hmm. No. I'll be the first to say, I don't know everything. But I believe every born-again believer needs to have at least a working knowledge mm-hmm. of what kind of goes on. You you may not know every detail. Nobody does. Yeah. We all have our part that God's give to us. Mm-hmm. But at least I can say that I have a working knowledge of what's going to happen and what's coming, and it's my future. Yeah. It's the future of our loved ones, the future Mm -hmm. of the church, the body of Christ. And the fact that this is not a book about the Antichrist. This is a book of the Christ. That's it. The revelation of Jesus Christ.
3: Yeah.
0: Praise God. Yeah. Yep. Amen. But we're going to get into it next week. It's going to be exciting. Satan will be bound for a thousand years. What does that mean? He ain't going to be able to touch nothing. He can't <laughs> That's do right. nothing. Like one guy said, not a nary. Yeah. That means nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be an exciting time. Yeah. Uh, I believe we did have a, a little internet glitch a couple of times tonight, so we want to thank Spectrum for making that a possible for us tonight. Uh, but anyway, those of y'all that stayed on and 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 stuck at, stuck it out with us, thank you so much. We appreciate it, yeah. and uh, we love each and every one of you. And remember, like I said at the beginning, do your part. Click that share button. Put it on your social media. Do your part of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ so that it will change somebody else's life. We'll see you next Wednesday night. God bless. Amen.